this is John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast for September 1915. This podcast looks at life in World War I through the letters of John Adams, who was 23 when he joined up in September 1914. He served with the 9th Service Battalion Royal Irish Fusiliers and was involved in many significant events in the Western Front, particularly Passchendaele. These are his words, read by his grandchildren, and narrated by his great-grandchildren. These are the last letters John Adams wrote before he went to the front, and he was still in training, this time in a camp in Borden, in Hampshire, in England. He makes reference in his letters that it was opened by the Kaiser. I couldn't get this verified, but it is not beyond the possibility as a year or two before, Germany, well, we weren't just friendly, but we were family. There's also a postcard that I found interesting because it was all about a son leaving his mother to go off to war and both the pictures and the poem, which we will read for you, talk about the son doing his duty no matter how hard it is for his mother and it may well be a reflection of John Adams' own feelings and the feelings of his mother. He knows that he will not be home again before he heads off for the front and he knows that he may not come back at all because he knows, as well as we will hear in our history section, the war was becoming very real indeed. During John Adams' time training in the south of England, the World War continues. 1915 was the beginning of the U-boat battles making any shipping lanes dangerous for any travellers and attacks on Italian cruisers edged them more into the war. The 10th Irish Division were now in Gallipoli. It was Winston Churchill who committed British, French and untested Australian and New Zealand forces to the ill-fated campaign to gain control of the Turkish coast next to Europe against the fading Ottoman Empire. The overall campaign was a disaster with 200,000 Allied casualties, many of the deaths coming from disease. With the fall of Poland in July, Germany had their sights set in Russia. They took over the Eastern Front and moved as far as Warsaw with the Russian front line falling apart. It wasn't until the end of September that the Russians were able to form a new front line. Shortly after this, Sir Nicholas intervened and assumed personal command of the army, a decision which would have grave consequences for his and Russia's future. Meanwhile, in the Western Front, the progress was slow. Where ground was won in one battle, it was lost in another. The Allied Autumn Offences at the end of September started with the Battle of Lewes. It relied on tunnelling below the enemy lines and planting mines. With poor artillery to cut free enemy barbed wire, poor communications to poor leadership, this disaster was a blueprint for other battles to come, with the results being echoed in the Somme the following year. Nearly 60,000 Allied soldiers died and John Adams would be on the Western Front within days. D Company, 9th Royal Irish Fusiliers, Martinique Barracks, Borden, Hampshire, England, 11th of September, 1915. 
Dear Mother, I received your parcel alright. Many thanks, but indeed I did not expect what you sent, and I am sorry that I passed the mark that I had no stamps, for I think that you wanted and has need of all the money that you get. And my saying that I had no stamps did not mean that I wanted you to send me any money, but indeed I have never thought of the likes, so you might not have thought that I would be angry at you for sending me any more. So you know yourself that I would not be angry no matter how little you would send. All I was angry at was you sending any at all. I got the paper. It must have been sudden, that old John McCormick. Was he long sick? But he was an old man. I had a letter from Jenny this morning. She says that she has been very busy since she went away from home. I am writing to her also today. Well, dear mother, I may as well tell you the truth. All leave is cancelled, so there's no chance of us getting home again before we go out, which I think will not be long now, about the 20th of the month, but I hope that this will not make you any worse than what you all. You knew it would come to it sooner or later, so it need not come as a surprise to you anymore. And if I do not have the good fortune to come back again, let us all pray that we may all meet in a happier place when all wars have ceased and there shall be no more trouble or sorrow. But let me get away from this, as it will do none of us any good. And whatever happens, let us hope that it may be for the best, as we are all in a good man's hand, and he knows all the hopes and fears. But thank God that if I do not come back, all belonging to me can hold their heads up, for I have done my duty, and shall do so no matter what it may cost me so yous will have nothing to be ashamed of. This is a lovely part of the country, and is great for route marching. You would never feel tired on the road. There is about 20 shops in the village of Borden, which is about 5 miles from camp, and a picture house. But of course, there are all the camp stores built for the men in the camp there. The range here was made by German prisoners, and this camp was opened by the Kaiser. But I think I told you that before. I must draw to a close as I am going on duty tonight. Goodbye and may God bless and take care of yous all. I remain your loving son, John Adams. P.S. You might send me Lizzie's address as I would like to write to her. Postmark Borden, Hampshire, 24th September 1915 Postcard shows High Street Borden. A row of shops on the right with the hairdressers in the foreground Trees stand on the left of the road, on which a number of men loiter. Dear Mother, we have arrived here safe, but tired. I would not do the same journey again for any money. We arrived here at 5.30 on Thursday. Hoping you all are keeping good health. We'll write soon. Excuse the haste, J. Adams. No date or postmark. Presumably included in a letter or posted in an envelope. The inspection by the King mentioned in the cards took place on 30th September 1915, Thursday. So this puts the date of this probably at the beginning of that week, perhaps Monday 27th September 1915, and his location at Borden, Hampshire. He landed in France, as indicated in the cards, on Monday the 4th of October 1915. Postcard 1 shows Goodbye Mother Darling, a young man in a civilian suit, bids farewell to his ageing mother as he goes to join up. Mother darling, I must leave you, there's a duty to be done. At the front, the battle's raging, 
Won't you spare your only son? From your eye a tear is falling, mother. Have you naught to say? But she bowed her head in silence. Twas the price she had to pay. Postcard 2 shows Goodbye, mother darling. Mother and son embrace outside the cottage door as he, now in uniform, leaves for the war. Goodbye, mother darling, goodbye. You make it hard to part. Battles may rage in the days to come. One takes place now in your heart. Twixt your love and duty, for England is calling your son. There's a parting at a cottage door. A battle now is fought and won. Dear mother, just a postcard in answer to your letter and card, which are received all right. I'm sorry this is all I have time for now. We are just in from rehearsal of the March past, which will take place on Thursday before the King, when he is going to inspect us. The place we have to go to is about nine miles from here, and it rained the whole way home on us, so you might expect we were wet. But we may be worse off before long, so we need not complain. Well, I got back alright, but it was an awful journey. But I sent you a postcard the night we came across, but I do not know how it was you did not get it, but I did not post it myself, so that may account for it. I also wrote to Jeannie, but she may not have got it either. I hope Jimmy got back alright from the main line. There was a lot of people there that night. There will hardly be any to see us off to France the day we go away. But then we are leaving England and not Ireland. I will write to you after Thursday, but I have not time now as we are gearing up for the review. I want Jimmy to get them photos as soon as he can as I would like to have them before we leave here. I expect we will be clear of this place on Monday, but I do not if it is a Thursday. I think this is all now. I remain your loving son, J. Adams. Thursday 30th September 1915 From Personal Notes Inspected to King George V at Aldershot Thank you for listening to John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast. To find out more about John Adams and his family, visit www.johnadams.org.uk forward slash letters. The history of the 9th Service Battalion, Royal Irish Fusiliers, during World War I is taken from Blacker's Boys. Visit them at www.johnadams.org.uk ninthirishfusiliers.co.uk with the number nine. Podcasts will be published 100 years after the letters are written, so will be published nearly every month. If you would like to contact us with comments or reactions, the email address is letters at johnadams.org.uk. This has been a Mark Mess production. <laughs>